This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in the Holy City of Jerusalem at Asia Torah overlooking the Temple Mount. Today we're going to be finishing off our outline of the five ways of mastering free will. If you're watching this on Facebook, please hit share and let's knock it out of the park. Uh, hit a lot of people with that. And we also, we're starting our YouTube channel, so please subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's going to be a much bigger platform than uh, Facebook. Um, and obviously, uh, a lot of thanks to Torrany Time, because Torrany Time sends this out to all the people who have filtered internet and can't get YouTube. They can at least watch this on Torrany Time, which is amazing. And a big thanks to them. And uh, it's actually brought up this whole subject that I've been thinking about regarding... Um, you know, there's people with full open internet, people with filtered internet, people with uh, people with uh, no internet. A um, lot of people with no internet in the in the fully observant world, and and we have a Mishnah that says not to trust yourself till the day you die. And uh, and one of those understandings of that is don't put yourself in a situation where you could fall. But the problem with that is not putting yourself in a situation where you could fall is that. If you ever do wind up in that situation, you're gonna fall because you don't know what you're doing. You don't have any muscles built up, and you just you're out of your league in that situation. So that brings up this amazing subject of like, is it better to be somewhat exposed and strong, or is it better to be? Ladies, can you slide over two seats, please? Is it better to be somewhat exposed and strong, or is it better to be um, not exposed, protected, but you likely will fall hard? If you ever get exposed, you hear the question. It's a really rough question. It comes up a lot in all kinds of uh, situations, but obviously the internet's a big one where that's kind of always there. Uh, I'm inclined to say that when it comes to internet, it's better to build your own muscles because uh, because it's so pervasive, and it seems every month or year it gets more pervasive. And it's more in everything, and it's more like you're not even going to be able to work for a living without access to it. Um, it's already like that in most professions, and and so, and so that being the case, you know, and Jews do need to make a living still, you know, unless Mashiach comes really quickly. Um, so the, everyone's going to have to be interfaced a bit with it, and there, if not a lot with it, and therefore, I've, my sense is it's better to build muscles there to protect yourself uh, with with uh, internet usage. Now, obviously, that means that people could may fall hard there, but the um, but as nasty as that is for someone to fall into internet misuse, the, uh, as nasty as that is, someone with a good conscience, I'm not talking about people with addictive personalities or, or you know, some kind of other major uh, issue, for example, feeling very weak. People who feel very weak are often um, the ones who get sucked into internet uh, misuse uh, because it's, it, it does give, a, there is a sense of power with it. You know, it's, it's, you're like God, seeing but not seen. Seeing but not seen, that's godly. When you can see something but not be seen doing it, that's seeing but not seen. It's, there's a certain power to that. Um, often uh, someone expresses their, their, uh, their masculine drive, to put it not very literally, but just to... Um, and by the way, women do the same thing, but it's, it's kind of an expression of one's drive. Uh, it's a str- it's meaning it's a very counterfeit power trip that lasts for about an, a minute max, and uh, and it's uh, 
you know, but it's a bit of a disaster there. So, so someone who has a regular conscience will feel so nasty for having done that that they'll start to build some muscles to, to get, get themselves out of that realm. And then there's other people who just fall into deep addiction there. Now, people who fall into deep addiction generally need to have total abstinence, like kind of like alcoholic anonymous types who can never drink and therefore need full guard because they're just not, they're just, they just don't have what it takes to protect themselves. And then there's, um, but the rest of humanity, if you full guard rest, the rest of humanity, they're likely to fall into stuff pretty badly because they won't have uh, developed themselves at all for those circumstances, those kinds of situations. Um, and, and, but I want to go a little deeper on that, and that's trusting yourself. Like the Mishnah says not to trust yourself. What if no one trusted themselves? So then who do we trust? So we trust in Hashem, obviously. But what if you set up a whole society that believes they can't trust themselves? But they trust you. My sense is that it will take away people's intuition, meaning people's natural instincts, people's intuitive skills, their ability to to have an intuition and to and meaning an instinct, gut feeling, and then follow it and go by that. If you if you create a whole generation of people who are seen as untrustworthy, and therefore you make them have to live as if they're untrustworthy, then. What happens to individual intuition? Because what is it that we trust when it comes to ourselves, if not our intuition? And now the Mishnah says not to trust yourself. Now that seems to be don't put yourself in a stupid situation where you're going to blow it. <laughs> Which means you've got to create some kind of fences. But the problem is what if, you, what if you impose those fences on the people? I mean, it's not their fence. You impose the fence. So it's not like something that they're developing themselves with. You see, someone who does something stupid once and has all the negative emotions that come with having done something stupid, that's, then you impose stuff to create some kind of safety net for yourself so you don't wind up in trouble. But when you impose that on society, so then they never develop their own muscles, they don't develop their own intuition, so then you wind up with lost people because they just don't know where they are because they never... They never pushed any limits to get the pushback because there's nothing like pushing limits and something getting pushed back. Like, for example, negative emotion that comes from someone who, who's made mistakes. Uh, you know, and here we're talking about internet, like concerns to the internet. Like, it, internet does push back with negative emotion. It pushes you back. You know, it'll punch you right in the head, you know, and make you feel like a dope for days. You know, if you if you make the wrong move there, so and usually the wrong move lasts for hours. So, so it's like a, it's a, it can knock you down hard, and but then you get back up, and when you get back up, you get careful, and then you develop yourself into someone. If you have a generation of people who've lost their intuition, so they're going to start becoming dependent on other people to help them make decisions. Uh, but that's kind of hoping that the people making the decisions have intuition, which they may, but they may not. And 
And then the question is, does Judaism want us doing that? Uh, traditionally, rabbis never told you what to do. There was no such thing as a rabbi telling you what to do. A rabbi could give you a bracha. He could certainly let you know this is not this is what not to do. But rabbis didn't used to take away free will because they don't want you to. Rabbis don't want you to not get reward for your choices. You see, if you take away someone's free will because you've made all kinds of choices for them, so then they are not rewarded for that. And the only reward they get for that is, I guess, listening to the rabbi. But, but all the micro decisions that usually are the reward are, got taken away by the rabbi who has, you know taken away their, you know, the choice by whatever takanas, whatever types of uh, rules or regulations they may create to protect their environment, the environment of their students as well. Um, they've removed a bit of their free will. This is why um, also in outreach, in outreach, I, um, I push really hard when I'm reaching out to someone and then I stop even though I could completely close the deal on the spot. Meaning I will push real hard to the point where this guy is like, if I go on for another 10 minutes, he's going to have no free will but to become observant. You know, she's going to have no free will until she becomes observant. Because it's, you know, you can, you, if you know enough about how to do this kind of work in Kiruv, you can push so hard that, that, there's, that there's not a lot of free will left. That I'll, I'll never go there. Never go there. When I get to that point, I back out and give them their space to to make some choices for their lives. I don't I don't push hard there because because uh, God did not create the world for you to do mitzvahs. God created the world for you to choose to do mitzvahs. And he didn't create the world for you to do the mitzvahs. He created the world for you to choose to do the mitzvahs. And so you got to. Ch- it's got to be a choice you make. And therefore, as a leader in Judaism, our job is to create that. We're just we're here to create the conditions of your choosing, not to make your choice. And that's that's the way things used to be. But uh, in many in many groups, there's uh, people are abdicating to the to the rabbis in a major way, and and that and with all the you know the constant. Um, Tukunas, how do you say Tukunas? Safeguard rules in the communities. They, people, are, I believe, are losing their intuition. Now, if someone chooses to say, hey, I'll lose my intuition, I just don't want to fall. No intuition for me, thank you. I'll just fall. I mean, sorry, I'll just be protected from falling by being part of this group. Is that okay? Can someone choose to do that? What do you guys think? Is that all right? I Meaning, if you choose to say, you know what, forget my instincts, forget my intuition, forget all that, I'm just joining a group that is completely and totally sealed and safeguarded from sin. And we're not even, we, so we don't even have to think. We're just going to do, you know, Torah and mitzvahs and everything's going to be protected for us. What do you think? That's, uh, is that okay choice for an individual to choose to do that? What do you guys say? No, you're making that choice. Yeah, sure. You say yes? Yeah. 
be the last choice he'll ever make. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the answer is yes and no. Yes, it is a choice, and it's up to them. We, it's your life. You know, you want to make safeguard yourself like that. Go ahead. Um, but you know, the issue pops up. Where would the issue pop up? Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, big, yeah, we spoke about that. You're definitely prone to fall if you're in that situation. You can fall hard because you don't know what you're doing when it comes to falling time. By the time you realize you fell, you're already in Vegas. <laughs> so, what's, what's the issue? No, the issue is your children. Who says, who says your kids, meaning little kids, okay, they're born and raised in it, but who says your teens? A, 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 who, raising teenagers, a father and a mother have no muscles because they're so busy being safeguarded by the community standard. Who says your teens are in? Who says they're interested in that? So is it really a service to your children? I mean, it might be great for you, but what about the kids? And so maybe it's better to teach the kids how to flex their muscles a little bit. Now, all of this that I'm talking about, it's all theoretical for people who are raised in the Haredi society. Um, The modern Orthodox are already doing this. And for the most part, it's been more or less a failed experiment. Meaning, they're either much more modern than they are Orthodox, or they totally reject the modern Orthodox upbringing and they become totally, you know, Haredi, black hat experience. So they've already done this, and it wound up being a lot more modern than it was Orthodox. And then the uh, and then the few that the few that didn't go that way rejected that and went for the went go for the black hat thing because they want more protection spiritually. So where does that leave us? What are we supposed to do with what are we supposed to do with that? Is there such a thing as ultra modern orthodox? <laughs> anyway, so there is an answer. There is a solution to all of this. You ready for it? The, an- the solution for all of this problem that I've created here. <laughs> I created the problem. And the, re- the, re- the solution to this is, um, is uh, Jewish spirituality. Is that forget everything I said. <laughs> To spend your time committed to spirituality so that your kids see parents who are highly spiritual people. When it comes to dealing with things that require muscles like where you live or internet or, or all the other op, op, things over there, you'll make your choices there on how much you want to let in and how much muscle building you want to do for yourself or your children or have your children building muscles. Probably a good idea they should build muscles. So it's, didn't it sound like I was leading you all towards we should be giving our children a chance to build their own muscles and not overly filter our lives so that we have intuition and instinct, so that we let the world push back so that we can find the contours of the world, our environment? The answer is yes, I am. How are we supposed to do that when we know that the whole modern orthodox experiment went way towards the modern and not took much towards the Torah? So the answer is spirituality. Because, unfortunately, 
so much of the black hat world is much more into the doing than the being of it. They're much more into the doing than the spiritual connection. In the modern Orthodox world, they had a pretty good system set up. It's just that it wasn't about spirituality. It was more like you do mitzvahs and you're totally integrated in the modern secular society. Well, if you leave out spirituality in either one, it fails. But if you put spirituality in committed spiritual life, in both scenarios, they both work. So you can meet a modern Orthodox person who's so connected, and you can meet a Haredi person who's so connected. But what, what, the reason why you'll meet both of them as so connected is because they spent their time dedicating themselves spiritually to that connection. <coughs> so that turned out to be kind of a short class. So let's uh, end that one, share it, and we'll start again. Raise your hand if you like that, that class. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.